right, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the Ball Hawks podcast. This very late episode, but that's what happens when one of our teams plays the Sunday night game. We are football fans first, podcasters like one and a half, not quite second, because, you know, <laughs> we're pretty darn good at this now. Um, I'm your host, Steve Fisher. You can find me on the Twitter machine at SSFisher87. Chris, did you hear that? I, I called that one. Okay, cool. I was actually listening this week. Yay, Chris is listening. Uh, Which ruins the surprise of a new record, 34 straight appearances by my co-host, Christopher R2-D2 Phillips. Beep, 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 beep. (laughs) I know, I picked that one specifically because I remember you were like, I think I gave you Chewbacca way, way back and you're like, uh, yeah, I don't, I'm not a Star Wars person. Yeah, like I I understand that reference at least, but like, yeah, but I'm not a Star Wars person, so um, I guess beep boop beep boop or whatever R two D two does. But uh, I will say this: Cheers to good beers. Happy to be here. Yeah, we uh, we're and collaborating and, uh, on on a on a Google Hangouts chat with some friends and. Three out of the four of us have enjoyed the same beverage tonight. Uh, all four, or all of us, except for Ryan Hank, because, um, well, he doesn't even know who's on his fantasy team, so why would he know where the good beer is at? Right. Right. Um, but, I mean, of course, as I say every week, I am always happy to be here. Um, you know, another... Another glorious Sunday. It was actually, it was, I mean, I don't know about you, but like, God, it was beautiful today it was, it was in warm, the Okanagan. It? Like, I was, I was walking around in short sleeves for most of the day. Like, it was, it was a, it was a good day. No complaints on my end for sure. Um, how was? Uh, I mean, I ask it every week. I, wait, 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 wait. I always forget where my hand goes. Um, <laughs> um, sorry, guys. Follow me on Twitter at PhillipsChris12. It says it right there. Um, follow, more importantly, follow the Ballhawks uh, account at Ballhawks underscore pod. Uh, you can see it on the bottom in just a second here. Uh, there we go. There it is. Um, and uh, as always, don't forget to follow Steve. I did hear him say it this week, but I'm still going to repeat him <laughs> at SSFisher87. Uh, and sorry to continue my conversation. How was the Sunday in the Fisher household this week? Yeah, man, Sundays are great. Uh, it was it was a very lazy Sunday, just kind of puttering around the house. But um, you know, sometimes you need you need those just low key Sundays every once in a while, uh, especially in the fall for me. You know, I'm a hunter, so there's either hunting or sports or football or all three of them in the same day sometimes. So it's you know it's just kind of nice to to lounge a little bit today. How, how was your Sunday? How, how how was dinner with the, uh, the parents? Sunday was hectic, dude. <laughs> oh yeah. Sorry. Oh my god, Sunday was hectic. I, uh, I I know we were tweeting earlier in the day, but we did Carter's birthday party today. So we took what was it, eight four year olds uh, plus my almost seven year old, so nine kids total uh, bowling today. Which wasn't too bad. Most of the parents stuck around, which was which was great, super helpful. Yeah. Um, but the one the the one parent 
that did the, the drop and go, which is fine. We gave the parents the option. We're like, hey, if you just want to drop and go, we're totally cool. Like, yes, we can we can handle it. We got the kids. No problem. Nah, <laughs> we uh, we had two kids go missing. One of which was my own son. And the other one was the kid who I was left to be in charge of, um, which I was actually more concerned about the kid that I that wasn't mine. Because I was like, I was like, if my like, yeah, yeah, like it sucks that my own kid is missing. But I was like, I was left in charge of somebody else's kid. And I can't find them. Right. And like, so we did the mad dash around the, the bowling alley trying to find these kids. Turns out they were just hiding. One of the actually, actually one of the other four year olds found them. Um <laughs> One go piece figure. of candy for anyone who finds those kids. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it was hectic. After that, I uh, got home. I went grocery shopping uh, from grocery shopping right up to my parents' house for dinner. So it was busy. It was a fun day. It, it was good. I mean, um, the kids are great at bowling. My daughter was so, so helpful. Um, nice. being, you know, being the, the, the older kid at bowling, she was super helpful with the four-year-olds and make sure they are doing it, you know, how they're supposed to be doing it or setting up the ramp for them so they could they roll it down the ramp or whatever. And, nice. And then, yeah, Carter got a couple of cool uh, remote control cars. So we drove those around uh, my parents' street tonight before dinner. And yeah, overall, uh, really, really good Sunday. Like I said, there is no complaints. It was beautiful. The weather was beautiful. I was hardly wearing a jacket. I was busy. Um, and, you, actually, and you didn't lose children. <laughs> I didn't lose any kids. I thought I did, but I didn't. So just, that's a plus. Good, good thing the parents didn't call you at that moment. Like, hey, can I talk to them? I just feel like this real motherly need to talk to my kid right now. Mm. Sorry, they're pooping. Yeah, they don't want to. <laughs> they don't want to. Do what you, do you mean? I talk to my kid hold, on the toilet. Hold on a second. Time. I'll ask him. Hey, do you want to list? Do you want to talk to your mom? No, I don't. Well, well, there you go. <laughs> Guess, guess your second <laughs> fiddle now, bud. Convincing one of the, one of the other kids, be like, just pretend you're Levi. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. But yeah, no, like like I said, it, I, I have no complaints today. Today was a beautiful day. Um, it was a it was a good day. It was a busy day. I actually, I probably watched the l- least amount of football uh, that I have in God probably ten years. That's not a bad thing though. Because then you no. can come back the next week, uh, and you know you can you kind of refine that love for it, kind of like that first week after an off season. I couldn't tell you where I'm at in my fantasy teams. I couldn't tell you who won what game. Um, like I, I know some of the games, but not all of the games. And honestly, like I'm okay with that. Like it, it's, yeah. it's actually kind of nice. Yeah, get to just maybe, get away from it for a while. Maybe I should stop playing fantasy football. Oh, me and you both <laughs> love every hate, right? every year we, love hate this will be my last year and then i come back yeah oh oh god the amount of times i've said this is it this is my last year actually i remember a couple of years ago when i won i like tease i'm like okay well, like it was fun guys but i'm out and ryan's like wait like actually and nope keeps me coming back every time um yeah, let's start a little around the NFL here. There's one thing that I sent to you right away, and you were like, meh, don't really want to talk about it. I, I get it. He's not your favorite, but for most other people, whether you're a Packers fan or a non-Packers fan, uh, Aaron Rodgers is a dude on the field. 
And you might hate him. You hate him. I'm sure a lot of NFC North teams hate him as well. But this guy is just so damn good at what he does. And the swagger and confidence and cockiness this guy has also makes it just a little more fun if you're impartial to him. Like, I get why you would uh, dislike him. So they're uh, they're playing division rival, the Bears. He scores a touchdown, and in his press conference, they asked him about the incident, and he says, I looked up after the TD and saw a woman giving me the double bird. <laughs> and of course, the, the press the pressers are all laughing, and then he follows it up with, so what came out of my mouth next, I couldn't tell you. And what came out of his mouth um, was quite funny to most of us. It uh, involves one cursive. So it was, you know, he, he looks up at the lady who's giving him the finger, double fingers, uh, and says, all of my effing life. And then by then his teammates are around him and he just looks back at her and goes, I own you. I own own you and of course they're losing their mind because he just scrambled for like a 15 yard touchdown and then he sort of breaks away from his teammates and kind of runs along the end zone screaming i still own you i still own you and uh, what a dude like that is just you don't say those kinds of things unless you can back it up with your play and man can that dude back it up with his play and i just you know, our one really good buddy, Kyle, I, I sent him that. I was like, did you see the... He must have been out golfing or something today. I was like, did you see the like what Roger said? No, I missed it. Sent me the link. And then he was just all over it, like posting it on Twitter and stuff like that. Hilarious. Uh, I mean, you you and I talked about it briefly. Um, I, I didn't know the full context that, you know, a, a, a Chicago fan was... Uh, yelling at him, giving him the the, the double birds, yeah. and so he responded with "I own you," yeah. which in that context is still pretty funny. Yeah. Um, but I still stand by the fact that Aaron Rodgers is a douchebag. I'm sure. He, I'm sure he is. Like that. Yeah. As, that aside, like, and I mean, with which, everything that happened in the off season, I think he's going into a lot of these games with this massive chip on his shoulder, just showing people that. Like, he's still here. He's legit. If Tom can do it, why can't I kind of thing? And who better? Like, I don't even know if it would have taken a lady giving him the fingers. I think it was just like, I just ran this in. I'm giving it to the Bears fans, which which is great because in football right now, especially with this taunting penalty junk, the rivalries have kind of gone away. Like, right. I don't know about you, but the rival games just really aren't there. And seeing this like bitter rival hatred, fans hating players, players hating fans. And it's just words. It's not like, well, I don't know if there's any sort of context maybe I'm missing, but there's no sort of like slurs thrown either way. You know, a swear word, whatever. We can get past that. I think that's when sports become fun. It's a bitter rivalry and you're just giving it back to each other because you know if something happens again in the future, the Bears fans are going to be giving it to him right back. And and he expects that, I'm sure. Yeah, I I mean, and, and I will say as well, like as much as I say Rodgers is a douchebag, I, I think to be a superstar in the league, you do have to have a little yeah. bit of that, you know, 
douchebagginess is it did i just make <laughs> up a, a word, word. <laughs> um you, you have to have a little bit of that like to you right you have to have a little bit that in your personality in your uh in your arrogance and and what have you um so i hate him i i, I haven't hidden my feelings about aaron Rodgers. i think he has the most punchable face in the nfl <laughs> um especially because cam newton's not playing anymore uh <laughs> he might be though he's but, vaccinated now so yeah yeah but uh whatever it, it is what it is yeah. like, like i said in the context it, it 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 absolutely is funny um but i will still uh stand my ground and say that i hate the guy so well then i'll let you intro the next little mini segment from around the nfl the one you sent me uh because i hate this guy but it, it is funny it's halloween coming up um you sent it to me i'll, I'll let you take this one this must be the the Miles Garrett tombstones. Yeah, yeah. I I, I saw that. When, I think that was Thursday or Friday. Yeah. He posted a picture of his house getting you know getting all ready for Halloween. It's it's you know it's, it's October. It's hashtag Spooktober. Uh, <laughs> whatever you want to call it, getting ready for the season, getting all decorated, and he's got tombstones in his front yard of all the quarterbacks that he's uh, sacked this season. Um, which is hilarious. I, I absolutely love that. I love that. Again, that arrogance, that, that uh, I, I'm going to use my word again, hashtag douchebagginess uh, <laughs> uh, of that to like, be like, yeah, like these are all the guys I sacked and, and they couldn't stop me. Um, it, it was pretty funny um, that he included Kyler Murray in the tombstones because they hadn't even played yet. They played of course today. Oh. I, I don't, I don't know if, Garrett got a sack he today. Did. I haven't actually looked he into did. that. He did. Yeah, okay, I there, saw there you go. So I saw one. He, he knew what was coming. He uh, he knew he was getting after Kyler. But the the funniest part about that Kyler Murray tombstone, I don't know. I don't know if you noticed. It was much much smaller. Was than it? All the yeah, it was way <laughs> smaller than all the other tombstones. That's so good. <laughs> like that's the, is, that's the thing. Like you you kind of mentioned it a little bit earlier about. Uh, those elite level players needing that like oh, almost over the top confidence where they start becoming arrogant. But you know, when you're trying to beat alphas, like alphas playing against alphas, you have to like step it up to that next level. Um, so that that's super funny. Um, and just, you know, understanding the time of, of uh, the year and, and how you can sort of troll your opponents before you actually do it. Oh, there it yeah. is right there. Yeah. Do, do you see how small that, that number one yep. right in the middle there is? Like way smaller than all the other ones. Considerably hey? smaller. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Which, I mean, to be fair, Kyler is considerably smaller than everybody else in, in the NFL. He's a little human. Just a, just a little guy. Just a little guy. But like a little guy with a whole bunch of talent. Oh, yeah. Man, did he look good today. Oh, God, I hate it. I hate I seeing that the Cardinals just beat the ever live in hell out of the Browns. It's just I like, mean, I like that part of it. Well, yeah, you would. Yeah, for sure. But like on, on my end of things, it's just like, oh, crap. Damn, like, these guys the Cardinals, the, the Cardinals are for real. Like, yeah. yeah, they don't, li don't like that. And then, of course, they go and pick up Zach Ertz. It's just like the rich get richer, right? Right. Yeah, like even when they looked flat today, they still found a way to find a spark out of nowhere maybe it was like a defensive stop or you know something happened on offense offense to get them going so i i agree the cards are scary looking 
Uh, you know who else is really scary looking? You. Well, we already know that. Sing! <laughs> Sorry, I wore my hockey hat today. How could I? Um, yeah, I, I, I just mean, want to say we did not coordinate to both wear our hats backwards tonight, guys. No. I, I, I just grabbed one of my hundred different hats that I have, and I'm like, all right, this one, this one's a go now. Yeah. Um, that scary-looking team... I never thought I would say these words, the Jacksonville Jaguars. <laughs> okay, just kidding. <laughs> okay, they won a game. Uh, you, you know what's scary that they actually won a game? Not that they're a scary looking team, but um, they, they beat a good Dolphins team. I know the Dolphins yeah. are, you know, kind of losing games they shouldn't lose right now. Uh, you know, Jalen Waddell looked unbelievable. Mike Gesecki he was catching everything today. Tua looked really good. They just can't find w- ways to win the game. And the Jacksonville Jaguars end a 40-game losing streak. So we like to rag on them uh, quite a bit on this show because of my interactions with Baby Con. Uh, but you know what? Good for the Jags. Well, good for everyone except for Urban Meyer in the Jags organization. Um, must feel, Ur- must feel Urban Meyer's getting out on the town tonight. He's going to bump and grind with whatever 20 year old he can find. Man, imagine <laughs> what he does when he wins a game. Like he was losing <laughs> games and bumping and not even flying back to the hotel. Like he's in a different, he's overseas right now. And, and now they have win. the bye week. Urban's going to spend a and, week in London, just bumping and grinding <laughs> on whatever 20 year old he can find. We should uh, we should reach out to some of our UK followers and be like, hey, are you on Urban Watch right now? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I've trouble. been in a few of those hostels out in London, which I'm, I'm sure Urban's on hitting up those hostels. But I mean, you know, it, it is pretty easy pickings in those hostels. You're going to find young people, which is clearly what he's looking for. So, yeah, um, I mean, it, yeah, it, 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 it was an impressive win for sure by the Jaguars. Um, I didn't expect them with. I don't even remember how much time left on the clock there was, but it was like fourth down or whatever. And they're like, whatever, let's just go for it. Like worst case scenario, we go to overtime. And I think the dolphins were, were thinking hail Mary all of a sudden it's like nine yard, like just slant route to LaVisca Chenault. And he goes down. And the biggest thing was you and I talked about this is like, why did the dolphins defender touch him? Just let him go down and walk away, go to overtime. But no, the, the Dolphins player touched him down with one second left. Timeout sets the Jag, Jaguars up for the game-winning field goal. Um, so super, super smart play by the, the Jaguars. So I will give, I guess, Urban Meyer some credit uh, for that play call because it was, it was well executed and, and called at, at the exact perfect time. Uh, but I don't know. Still smells like desperation and do ball. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I was just thinking about this as you were saying that. I don't know if it would have mattered if he would have touched him because if you go to the ground and like and you give yourself up, I think right. that stops the clock. They did have a timeout. The thing that confused me a little bit is usually a lot of these teams will play like that that sideline coverage pushed them back into the middle thing. So they can't get a five yard out. Um, but they knew they had a timeout and, uh, Brian Flores takes a timeout right before they do this snap. And I was thinking to myself, 
yeah, you better coach your guys up to say we still have to cover the middle of the field somewhat. We're not going to let them, you know, chuck a 15-yard bomb over our head or, or anything like that. But we need to sort of have at least one person up in the middle because they could just dump it off for a quick, even like a, a three-yard sort of uh, running back screen or something like that. Just to get a couple extra yards, you go down, you take the timeout. So, yeah, real, really smart play call from them. Uh, they they end up winning the game because of one smart play call, and uh, good for them. They're not the basement team anymore, so I guess our focus is going to have to go on to Detroit for the basement team. Uh, the only winless team left, but they've got at least... 17 kneecaps already. That's right. They are biting kneecaps off. Uh, Before we move on to Ravens recap, there's one other one that I wanted to do here around the NFL because we touched on this last week. We were talking about is Trayvon Diggs in the, you know, conversation anyways for uh, defensive player of the year. At the time, he had six interceptions already. And we were saying, yeah, maybe if he gets to eight, nine, kind of in that range, you know, he's at least got to be in conversation for them. And, uh, you know, one of one of the things that I was thinking of when I was watching the game was, I mean, I was just watching partial highlights of it. I was just waiting for him to get one. Like, it just felt like he was going to get one. And he gets a huge pick six. For his seventh interception of the game. And I think he I think he is the defensive player of the year as of right now. I think that puts him he's doing it week after week after week. And I just don't know that there's anybody better than him right now. Now early in the season, but I think we might be onto something here, Chris. Yeah. Um again, I didn't I didn't the only, literally the only football game. Only football I watched today was the Seahawks game. Um, so I, I, I didn't see it. Um, I was outside at my parents' house, uh, testing out Carter's new r- remote control car. When you texted me, Trayvon Diggs, pick six for the win. <laughs> and then uh, I was like, holy crap, no way. And then I go on the score app. And I'm like, no, wait a second. The Patriots scored again. So it's like, <laughs> obviously crazy back and forth there. Yeah. The, the, the Cowboys defense was... Uh, um, a, a little soft, you know, a little Swiss cheesy today. Swiss cheesy. Swiss cheesy. Um, did I make up another new word? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> anyways, um, yeah, like he is like just absolutely balling out. What is that? Like seven picks in six weeks now. Um, so, and we said, yeah, like, like you said, we, we said eight by week 10 and, and he's definitely got to be in that conversation for, you know, top three, top five, uh, defensive player of the year candidates. And, uh, yeah, at, at this point, I'd say he's probably top two. Um, and I don't he's even know top. who number two is. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> he's top two and he ain't number two. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He's top two and, and whoever's number two is far behind. Cause I couldn't tell you who he is, but I mean, obviously Aaron Donald, Aaron uh, Donald is always going to get uh, be in the conversation. Uh, TJ Watts always going to be in the conversation, which I know you, you don't like it, but you know I'm right. Um, and, but like, but even then, like those guys, TJ Watts should have won it last year. I can't remember who won Defensive Player of the Year last year, but TJ Watts should have won it, um, and I know he didn't. 
Um, but guys like uh, Aaron Donald and TJ Watt, they're going to be in the conversation just based on name value more so than actual pro- production. I mean, they're always producing well and they're always having, you know, playing well and putting up, you know, decent stats. Uh, but are they, you know, defensive player of the year caliber stats year after year after year? Mm, debatable, maybe. Um, but yeah, I, I say Trayvon Diggs, he's in the driver's seat. And uh, as much as I hate to to see it because he plays for the Cowboys and as, as much as I hate to say it, uh, I, I hope he keeps going. It, it's yeah. fun to see it. It's fun to see a, a, a DB uh, dominate the game uh, like this. I mean, we always, you know, talk about Revis Island and, uh, you know, Deion Sanders and uh, Richard Sherman and whatever. Ed Reed. Ed Reed. Yeah. I mean, right. Like, I mean, Ed Reed was a, was a safety, but like, as far as like, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of sticking to more the, the actual, I guess, cornerback position. Yeah. Um, but like, yeah, you, you always have these players that like, you always kind of like, say like this is the guy this is the guy this is the guy and you know stefan gilmore uh was really good for a number of years so it, it, it's fun to see it's fun to see guys you know especially you know at, at at the expense of the rest of his defense um he's still digging in his heels playing strong and holding up the you know his end of the bargain yeah for sure i, I like seeing those uh you know corners in the conversation because they kind of get left out of defensive player of the year because the best corners have the worst statistical numbers other than like zeros or like low passer completion rates and stuff like that because a quarterback can dictate whether they're going to go your way against an edge rusher or like a defensive tackle or something or outside linebacker. You can't just be like, we're not going to let you rush from that side. So nice, nice to see him for sure. Um, let's, let's get into the teams here. Uh, speaking of players of the year, we might have an early MVP candidate and his name is Lamar Jackson or Jackson storm. As my son likes to call him still (laughs) not from his numbers today, but obviously he set a new NFL record again. Like how many weeks in a row is this guy setting NFL records? This week, he uh, has the most quarterback wins now passing or sorry, most quarterback wins for a player under 25 years of age, passing Hall of Famer Dan Marino. So just another one to add to his belt. I thought it was really cool listening to his interview after. Usually he kind of just passes these things off like, yeah, that's cool. But like we got a bigger goal sort of thing. This one you could tell he was kind of excited for. And that's because a quarterback's wins are team wins, right? It's it's the one stat, like in baseball, I hate pitcher wins. No, it's actually a team win. Um, you know, pitchers, you could argue that they, they have a little more impact directly in terms of a win and a loss. Um, but yeah, you could see it, it meant a little bit to Lamar. And you know what? It was actually really nice watching a game without biting my nails like right to the skin. And like all of a sudden my fingernails are bleeding everywhere. Um, so that was super fun. You and I talked about it briefly before we got on. Nobody expected this. Ravens 34, Chargers 6. Nobody expected that. Um, I, I would argue a lot of people had the Chargers ahead of the Ravens in power rankings. I know a lot of people picked the Chargers to win over the Ravens. Um, I didn't see that many scores over three points. 
either way, whether it was a, a Raven or, or uh, LA win. Uh, but man, what a beating. Holy crap. Like the Chargers just literally got nothing going the entire game. Like the, the Ravens started out their opening drive. Defense came to play. The defense came to play and the offense came to control the ball um, and not let Justin Herbert get in any sort of a rhythm. Um, you know, they obviously the Ravens obviously lost that uh, consecutive hundred game rushing record of over 100 yards. They start out on their first drive rushes of eight yards, six, 16, five, 11 and 14. Like that, that's bonkers. 62 yards on seven rushes for 8.85 yards per carry on just one rush. Like they were, they came in there. We all knew the chargers run defense was suspect. Um, and they, they were like, we're, we're getting back on the one, one game streak right now. Um, and almost did it on the first drive, which is pretty wild. Um, I was just the whole first half. I know, I know the Ravens offense was kind of, dictating a lot of things I was more impressed with the Ravens defense being able to handle a powerhouse offense like Justin Herbert has got to be in the conversation for MVP he's got to be in the conversation obviously for offensive player of the year um Austin Eckler has been playing out of his mind this year he is he might be the best dual dual back threat in the entire NFL right now um Maybe Jonathan Taylor Thomas. He he doesn't catch it as well as Eckler. I don't think he's as shifty as Eckler. Um, and then obviously they're they're big towers on the outside of of uh, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams. They even got Jared Cook. I know he's a little older, but he's still fast. He knows what he's doing. Um, but their updated offensive line. Do you remember us talking about this in the off season? Uh, they got uh, Corey Lindsley, who we both wanted for for our teams uh, in free agency. They had Rashawn Slater just fall to their lap at number 13. Uh, I think it was number 13, somewhere around there, because I, I remember there was a lot of talks that the Ravens would be trading Orlando Brown to them for their first round pick. Never happened, but uh, that offensive line, uh, the Ravens got pressure on Herbert they did they uh, they were interviewing Herbert after the game and he was talking about how the Ravens gave him a lot of fits just in looks that they hadn't given anyone on film all year so huge credit goes to defensive coordinator Wink Martindale for understanding that his defense has been struggling lately and going back to the drawing board and saying what can we do with the players that we still have on our team um, just to confuse them, to, to make us unpredictable. And, uh, the D, the D stepped up when they really needed to. Um, so defense was, was on par run game. Uh, rookie Rashad Bateman got his first NFL catch. Uh, his first catch came for a first down, which is kind of ironic. Cause I think a lot of people, wanted him being brought in as kind of like a chain moving guy. Obviously he's like a big threat, but you know, I could see him being that safety blanket, kind of like how Mark Andrews has been for so long. So 
he had a he had a quieter game. I think I read somewhere I could be mistaken, but I think all four of his catches today came for first downs, which is pretty impressive. So he had four catches, twenty nine yards. Um, yeah, looked really good. But my uh, my player of the game for the Ravens was uh, free safety Deshaun Elliott. He uh, got a concussion a couple games ago. Just came back and he was. He was like running around like with his hair on fire. He was smashing things up. He ended up uh, having a sack and an interception on the game. The Chargers were starting to get a little bit of momentum going. And he jumps this route so well. Like he's running with the defender, turns around and just goes and grabs the ball from him uh, at an opportune time. So... That was really good to see him coming back and just making uh, a huge, huge impact. I think the end of the day, the the Ravens' time of possession, I didn't write it down here. I wrote it down that they they dominated time of possession, but I didn't write down the difference. Um, They were the ones that kept Herbert off the field. They made it so they played their brand of football. Um. And I would like to say I took a little flack when we were doing our predictions. We did our our season predictions. And I even admitted, like, uh, maybe I was being a little bit of a homer. And I I picked the Ravens to go 13-4. and Well, who's laughing now? Who's laughing now? And obviously, so much can change. Um... But getting off to a 5-1 and one start, they got the Bengals next week, which is going to be a huge game. Uh, it'll actually be for first place in the AFC North because the Bengals keep winning. And then they have their bye. So, uh, you know, big game going into next week. They could end up going into their bye 6-1, and one, which with all of the injuries that have happened, the turnover of, of guys that are coming in, uh, that, that would be beyond my dreams of of what would have actually happened a couple notes here uh some injuries Bradley Bozeman went out he took a little bit of a back shot it didn't seem really horrible um he was kind of giving thumbs up it must have been like his wife or family or friends in in the stands he kind of gave them the thumbs up ran over to them like smiled thumbs up I don't think it's going to be anything too huge going for forward uh but Latavius Murray got uh, a bit of an ankle going on. It didn't look very positive. He was trying to walk and it was like he he could put weight on his uh, ankle, his foot, but it was like one of those really noticeable limps. So uh, that, that kind of sucks, uh, especially if you had him in fantasy football. He was a touchdown machine, probably a number one flex for you at the very least. Um, so yeah, happy that I didn't have to go through a nail biter. Happy that we're getting to play Cincinnati at home to build uh, a bigger division lead. Um, I, I would like to give you like 10 seconds just to like breathe before you, before we get into the Seahawks here. Do I have time time for a nap? (laughs) Yeah. And breathe. Chris, wake up. Chris, wake ah, up. Oh, ah, ah. 
Yeah, Where so am I? obviously the Seahawks played Sunday night football. Uh, we both watched it. Not the outcome we wanted, but uh, what what's your thoughts on the game? Honestly, I I'm not even upset. <laughs> like, I'm not as, mad. As I'm disappointed. No, not even. Like, it, it just it is what it is. Like, it, it's um, they put up a good fight. They played well. Um, they played hard. Gino looked good. Um, first half, you know, left a little bit to be desired, but defense looked pretty good. Um, you know, they, they, they held their own, um, second half, the offense kind of figured it out like, okay, like we need to run the ball and give Gino more time, which, which was great. Like I, I've got, a, I've got a bunch of notes on my, on my phone here. I'm going to be kind of all over the place with this cause they're not in order. They're just. I noticed something. I'm like, Hey, wait, I'm going to say this. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, um, Alex, like, like I said, in the second half, Alex Collins looked really good. He was very quick, very decisive with his cuts. He saw the hole, he hit it and he kept going. He, Alex Collins was kind of a funny runner. Like he, like, I, I know you know that from watching him play for the Ravens. He's kind of got like this, like kind of like jittery kind of like, is he going to cut to the left? Is he going to cut to the, to the right? Is he going to stay, like, just run through my face? Like, what is Alex Collins going to do? So he, I, I really noticed that tonight kind of more than any other uh, time I've seen him run. Um, um, the guys on, uh, I, I listened to a podcast called the Baltimore Beatdown Podcast. Um, and they talked about the way he runs is, it's almost like Le'Veon Bell of the, the now Ravens, that sounds weird saying it out loud, Um they just run very unorthodox, right? Like they run very high. They, they, they sort of stand up. Um, one of them is more of like a, a jittery go. The other one's like that patient one, but they just have such a weird, like upright stance. Just yeah, strange. There, there, there's something about the way he runs where it's just like, you notice that it's different than kind of anybody else. Um, but yeah, the Seahawks, like I said, they, they opened the second half really well, uh, had a great opening half uh, drive to get 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 on the board after being shut out in the first half. Uh, obviously, like I said, they really made a commitment to the run game with Alex Collins, which I was just reading on Twitter. Apparently, um, Collins kind of disappeared late in the game there because he took a bunch of hits to his hip and his oh. glute area, so his butt. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> His bum, so bum, and sore bum, and uh, that's why we saw a lot of DJ Dallas and Travis Homer kind of late in the fourth quarter and into overtime there. So hopefully Collins is going to be okay because uh, Chris Carson is on IR, so he's out at least. Uh, well, he's Three out weeks. tonight, and at least two more games, and then the bye week, so he's not back till at the earliest the Packers game in Week Ten. So. Hopefully Collins is going to be okay for these uh, next couple games, which I have a feeling he will be. Um, I do want to quickly make note. We had a streaker. Um, <laughs> he, had, he had his clothes on, but uh, had a, uh, had a fan in Pittsburgh decide that uh, it made sense to run onto the field and do his thing. And none of the players tried to tackle him. He just kind of like ran through everybody and then just stood there. Um, looks like he did a bit of a somersault and security grabbed him and, Away we went. So, no harm, no foul. We're going um, streaking, honey. Yeah. <laughs> did, honey, did you, you see the KFC still in, open? Did you see the one in London? 
the guy no, wearing a Jaguars jersey and like a bunch of players walked up to him. They're like giving him high fives and like giving him a hug. And like <laughs> finally, like he, like he wasn't trying to run away. He was just, he just wanted to give players hugs. And then security came Naked and like walked on fully and like, clothed. no, no, dressed, fully clothed, yeah, yeah, fully clothed, wearing a Jaguars jersey. He just wanted to, you know, say, Hey, what's up? And again, security just kind of ushered, ushered him up. off. Um, like I said, I'm all over the place on this. Um, I was frustrated that the Seahawks couldn't take advantage of that Ben Roethlisberger turnover in the fourth quarter. Um, the, you know, did he... The clear the, fumble. You know, yeah, was it the Tommy Tuck rule? Was it a fumble? Pete had to challenge it. No, it was a fumble. And and uh, like I said, the Seahawks couldn't do anything with it. They, they looked like they were going to take advantage. And then uh, I think it was Jamarco Jones got called for a holding penalty. And then... On third down, uh, Geno Smith took a sack, and that's all she wrote for for that drive. And um, very, very frustrating. Uh, I, I do want to throw in here really quick. Russell Wilson is a stud. Um, very, very good looking man. Really, really ridiculously good looking um, on on the sideline there today. I, I, how often is it that you see a guy who's on IR patrolling the sidelines for his team? Are those guys usually left at home? No, I think a lot of guys do go there. It's just they're not so high profile as Russ, so the cameras just don't point them out. Don't follow them. I don't okay. know. Maybe we should ask some of our, our Twitter friends who go to like who have season tickets. Like, do you notice these guys on the sideline? That would be that would be an interesting question. Yeah. Or or okay, here's a better question. How many of those guys that are on IR go out to call the coin flip in overtime? Yeah, that's pretty funny. <laughs> I, I saw a tweet and it's like the Seahawks are out here treating Russ like a Make a Wish Foundation kid. <laughs> here you go, little buddy. You want to go flip the coin? Just whatever you want, Pud. Just you know, it's a fifty-fifty chance. Sure just, you, you know, call, just make call sure you say we'll and... take the ball. Yeah. Don't yeah, guarantee just, yeah. anything, okay? <laughs> <laughs> we once had uh, this guy. He guaranteed stuff. Yeah. Don't do yeah. that, Bud. Don't be that guy. Don't say uh, we want the ball and we're gonna score. But just like you know, but just go do your. Just thing. say we want the ball. Just don't put the we'll, we'll we're gonna score. It, it'll be good. Thank, hey, thank you. Know what? Thanks, you Russie. do you, Russ. If, <laughs> yeah, if you do you. Say we want the we want the ball and we're gonna score. Do it. I would believe do Russ. It. I would believe Russ with a left hand. If yeah, Russell Wilson if was told in, me yeah. like I'm gonna score and he's got half a hand or maybe even just one arm, I believe him. This is my strong hand. Grab it with my strong hand, Russ. <laughs> Hold on, guys. I got you. No, give me the other hand. Give me the other hand. <laughs> I don't want to touch that. <laughs> Great show. Great movie drop there. Um, the defense was frustrating tonight. Um, they, they played well for the most part, but that, you know, Short of the second half, the offense like has that great drive, goes and scores some points, gets on the board, and then the defense just gets carved up. Um, luckily, it was a you know Ben don't break drive, but like the Seahawks didn't couldn't afford to give up three points in, in that scenario. They were already down fourteen nothing to start the half. The offense gets them to fourteen seven, and now all of a sudden they're they're down ten points again. Um, so th- that was frustrating to see, and, and unfortunately, that's become 
way too common uh, place for this Seahawks defense where it's, you know, the, the offense finally does something to try to, you know, gain momentum back in their favor. And, and the defense just says, yeah, screw you guys. We're going to let these guys do whatever they want to us. Um, Jamal Adams. Um, first of all, uh, Jamal Adams intro is weird. <laughs> I, so I, I didn't see the start of the game. Um, I, I was doing a little vehicle maintenance, uh, but you sent it to me. Very weird. Like, like, do they submit these at the start of the year? And then like, this is the first primetime game and they're like, guess what? It's coming out. We, they do. It, uh, I think it's game by game that, that they do it. And it's just like, like I, I caught the start of the game. Um, but talking to my parents, my kids are being loud, yada, yada, yada. I didn't actually, I, I just heard like Jamal Adams and something like some sort of like hype. It, what the <laughs> hell did he just say? And then like a lot of people were talking about it on Twitter. What was it like best safety in the game or something like something like that? Like, yeah. And I'm just like, it's but it was again like, it going wasn't back, just going like, back to douchebagginess um you know to, to be one of those best players in the league you, you do need that that attitude but uh, i don't know weird. here here i got i, I got the sound bite of it Jamal Adams, I'm the best in the nation. yeah <laughs> i'm the best in the nation like uh, like I've, I've got a bit of a love hate with that like I, I love it because I love the douchebagginess of it. I love the arrogance of it. I love the cockiness. I, I, like, the, I, I, I like the playfulness I love, of it. Yeah, I, I love playing with, you know, I love seeing guys playing with that mentality. But at the same time, there has to be a little bit of self-awareness and realization that, you know, you haven't been playing as the best in the nation for the last uh, five to six weeks. So let's maybe get back on track and, and focusing on being the best in the nation before we're, you know, uh, self-titling ourselves the best in the nation. And he had a better game tonight for sure. He had a couple big hits, but um, I don't know what the Seahawks are doing with him right now. Like, do you want him to play in coverage? Do you want him to blitz? Do you want, like, where do you want him? Because like, I think he's played really well in coverage. And tonight, anytime they were blitzing him, it was super obvious. They're like, yep, Jamal's on the line. He's going to blitz. Like there was nothing like, there was no hidden schemes to get him like rushing the quarterback. There was nothing like no surprise about hit, get him rushing the quarterback. It was just like, yeah, Jamal's on the line. He's clearly rushing, um, which is frustrating. I mean, last year, I mean, he had nine and a half sacks last year. And a lot of those came based off of, you know, hidden schemes and hidden concepts and, and of, uh, you know, su- surprise, <laughs> like here I am. Right. Like, and, and we're not seeing that. Yet, and I don't know if that's so much, um, you know, Ken Norton and Pete Carroll and the Seahawks and the way they're calling the defense, or if that's just Jamal not being fast enough off the line, or uh, you know, maybe last year he went a little more off script than he is this year, and this year he's you know kind of following the playbook. I don't know what it is, but there's something that is just not clicking right now, which is really frustrating when the Seahawks just made him the highest paid safety in the league. Um, and, and furthermore, I mean, not just Jamal, but like everyone talked about like, you know, how crap in the league. Um, and then the Seahawks couldn't get home. I don't think Seattle had one sack all night on 
Mr. You know, I get tackled by ghosts, Ben Roethlisberger. Like I've, I've the mo- I have the mo- mobility of a tree, and Seattle couldn't get home. They couldn't get that sack in on him, um, which was super frustrating. Um, so, yeah, it's the, the defense looked better tonight than they have. DJ Reed, uh, you know, looked really, really good uh, back in his normal position on that right side of the cornerback. Trey Brown played phenomenal. Uh, he had that one huge tackle on Ray Ray McLeod. I think it was in overtime. Yep. Uh, to end the Steelers' uh, offensive drive, which of course led you know to the Geno um, strip sack and blah blah blah. But like whatever, like that that has no bearing on what Trey Brown did. He he made a huge play, and I was super psyched to see it. Um, so the, baby steps. They're they're getting there. Uh, but it's still super frustrating to see. You, uh, you've and been I, asking though for the like pretty much all season for cornerback play. You've been mm-hmm. you know um, when they released um, why is his name drown a blank Trey Flowers. Um, you've been calling for that. You've been calling for DJ Reed to be on the other side. That's got to feel good. Like like you said, it, it's got to feel good seeing the positive steps go forward. Anytime a rookie comes in and makes like an instinctual fast play like that, I'm just so impressed with guys like that. Like the biggest stage, you're, you're playing primetime game, you're in overtime. Uh, the guy has the ball. And I think even Collinsworth was saying something like, you had to make the perfect squared up tackle at the right time and drive him backwards. And he got all of that done. And and the weird part is it looks like his guy is back in coverage and he just reads the play so perfectly and just trusts his, whether it was game film uh, instincts, whatever it was. And he just flies out like a bullet and makes the absolute perfect tackle uh, literally to save the game. So you got, you got to love that out of a rookie. Uh, especially for a guy who is a, you know, undersized cornerback, right? Like he's under six feet, um, probably under 200 pounds and just made like the perfect play at the perfect time. And yeah, totally love to see it. Um, You know, he, he made a couple other big plays. I think it was on Claypool where he just, he turned his back to Claypool, looked up for the ball, but like he had his back right up to Claypool so he was like he he was impeding Claypool from being able to like run any further or make any sort of play in the ball. Right. He was also looking back for the ball, right? So it was like just just the perfect perfect combination of like no, I'm not going to get called for defensive pass interference here, but I'm also playing my you know my th- this receiver perfectly. Um, so I was super impressed to see that. Couple last quick minute notes on on the game. Um, I understand Geno Smith isn't Russell Wilson and he's never going to be Russell Wilson. And I'm okay with that. Um, I'm okay that with the fact that the offense is going to look differently under Geno Smith than what it is when we see Russell Wilson playing. And that's okay. However, what was it? The absolute lack of the deep ball tonight. And I get it. Geno Smith probably doesn't throw as nice of a deep ball as Russell Wilson. However, there's a two things that the deep ball does for you. Even just by throwing it, even if you miss your guy, here's what it does. It's going to open up the defense for the underneath routes. 
because now they have to actually be worried about that deep ball. And more importantly, and this is where Russ and not just Russ, but a lot of the other great quarterbacks do really well. Throwing that deep ball opens up the possibility of getting a defensive pass interference call. Right. And that is what the Seahawks were missing tonight. Um, I don't know if the C- if the Steelers defense got called for any penalties tonight, except for other than uh, TJ Watt punching the shit out of Alex Collins. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't recall any other defensive penalties for this, for the Steelers. Um, so I did, I would like to see that kind of implemented more into the game. I understand it was Gino's uh, first start in like four years or whatever, but um, th- that does need to be more of the game, more of their offense. Just again, just to give them more options. Cause it does allow those underneath routes to open up more and allows the possibility, like you, you throw a deep ball in, in, in its defensive pass interference. Well, now all of a sudden, maybe you're on the ten yard line, and you're in the red zone because of of that flag. Right. Um, last but not least, um, prayers up. I'm, I'm not a not a religious guy, so I don't actually pray, but I'm going to say it. Prayers up. Um, or maybe you know, maybe I'll just say, be well to Daryl Taylor. Um, not really sure what happened there. Looks like he maybe got his neck cranked, uh, put it right into Al Wood's belly. Um, something happened. He was uh, obviously immobilized on his on on the field. Put him up uh, on the backboard, taped his head down, took his face mask off. He went off in an ambulance, off to the hospital. So, um, yeah, like I said, uh, you know, not not a religious guy. So prayers up probably doesn't actually fit my. My mantra, so I'm just gonna say, be well to Daryl Taylor. Heal up quick. I hope you're, um, you know, I, I, I doesn't matter if it's uh, pro football or rec soccer, like I play with some of the, some of my teammates. Take the time that you need. It, it's only a game. I understand you're getting paid to be there. Take the time that you need. Get better. Don't come back on the field until you are ready to go. Yeah, definitely. I saw that. And obviously it's like your life is more important than any sort of job you're ever going to do, even if you're getting paid millions to do it. And it it just had those weird vibes, obviously, like Steelers fans um, having gone through that with Ryan Shazier. I'm sure everybody in that stadium, it was like dead, dead, dead quiet. They were cheering super loud for him. Um, yeah, hopefully, hopefully it's just one of those, like you said, neck cranks, maybe something went like kind of tingly for a second and it was, you know, better to be safe than sorry. It didn't look good, but, um, we can always hope that it is better than, uh, what it looked like. So hopefully we see Taylor back on the field this season. If not, hopefully he's just a healthy human being, um, after that. I was going to say that's what she said, but probably not the right time or place. But yeah, uh, yeah hopefully not, it's not better even, than what it looked like. Not even close. <laughs> that would be like a Ryan Hank thing to say, right? <laughs> yeah. It's like, I was going to say, but like I actually said it anyways. So, yeah. <laughs> so, so I said, I, I shouldn't say this, but I'm going to say it anyways. Yeah. And then I said. Yeah. Um, all right. It's time for everyone's favorite segment, Chris. We are on the third down. What's uh, what's on the agenda tonight? Yeah, everybody's uh, favorite segment of the week. Like you said, the third down segment, where, of course, I give you some head-to-head matchups. 
and uh, you tell me your winner of said matchup. We break it down at the end. You give me your MVP, and uh, we'll, we'll see if you can get a first down this week. So this week, uh, we're going with, again, it's October. Last week, we did, uh, you know, Thanksgiving food. And, uh, you know, it was Thanksgiving Sunday. Uh, we, were, we were all, you know, high on turkey and gravy and <laughs> mashed potatoes and all the fixings that come with those, you know, fantastic uh, Thanksgiving feasts. Uh, so this week, I thought, you know what? What else is part of October? Well, you know what's part of October? Halloween. And what's part of Halloween? Getting scared out of your pants. And okay. what does that? Those scary movies. Mm. Mm-hmm. Okay. So this week on third down, we've got the Halloween movies showdown. And of course, Steve, are you ready? I I'm I'm gonna be as ready as I can for this one, but uh we we might be in tough for this, but uh like always, I, I am ready. I'm I'm always uh, obviously always nervous doing movie third downs with Steve because Steve's never seen a movie in his lifetime. It's just the um, genres. But yeah. we'll, we'll we'll do the best that we can here. I'm sure you've at least seen or heard of some of these movies, uh, and if not, um, I, I guess we just have to cancel the show. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Show's over. And no, I'll, I'll, we're out. Thanks, okay, guys. I'll do my Bullhawks best. Podcast. Yeah, it's been a, it's been a solid six months. <laughs> yeah, I'll do. I'll, right. I'll, I'll I'll do my best. Okay. 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 All right. I let's do this. Let's see what you can do. Third down. Uh, okay. First matchup. I'm gonna go easy on you. I don't want to scare you. You know, too <laughs> bad off the hop. Pun intended. There. <laughs> so we have Hocus Pocus versus casper oh wasn't there a couple different caspers though like if we're i mean there's, really only, there's only one that, there's only one that matters okay that's like, the original one like with the og christina christina ricci and uh devin sawa i think yeah um, it's, on Net- it's on netflix if you haven't seen it no seen. no i've seen both of those which is a, a a nice start to this segment so i don't look foolish like i normally do I was never a Casper fan. It seemed weird that he was so nice. Like everything about Halloween is scary, ghouly, um, eerie. And then you've got like this nice ghost that just wants to be like, you know, he's the friendliest ghost. It it just seemed weird to me. Hocus Pocus haunted my dreams for quite some time as a kid. And I don't know what it was about Hocus Pocus, and I still, like, as a grown-ass man, I still don't know what it is about Hocus Pocus that freaks me out. I don't know. Like, is it the voodoo? Is it, like, the three witches? Is it, like, what is it? Um, But if we're talking scary movies and Halloween, it's got to be what movie, like, freaks you out the most, right? So I got to go with Hocus Pocus on the initial one here. See, I I would say it's probably... Uh, kind of remember, like, kind of close to the end where they dig up that dead body out of the grave and his mouth is stitched shut, and then they cut it open. And, like, I think, like, some like dust and like moths fly out of his mouth or something like that. Like, I, I can see that being kind of scarring and, and terrifying for, for children, right? Just a little bit, right? Just a little bit, yeah. I mean, luckily, my, my daughter hasn't been scared by that yet. It's one of her favorite movies of the Halloween season. Nice. Um, but, 
Yeah, I, I don't know. Like with Casper, I mean, he is labeled Casper the friendliest ghost, but I, whatever. Isn't that what's weird about it though? Like, why is a ghost he, friendly? Because he's a kid, man. Kids just want to make friends. Okay. Haters gonna hate. It's okay. Haters gonna hate. Hate, 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 hate. <laughs> And I'm just going to shake it off, shake it off. Wow. Uh, that just happened here. <laughs> yeah, it did. <laughs> hey, guys, if, if you didn't come here for our, for our football takes, you definitely came here for either myself or Steve to sing at least once per episode. So. Well, they came here for me to sing because I've been yeah. dubbed the uh, songbird of my generation. So, <laughs> Has anybody told you that you're the songbird of your generation? Yup. Did we just become best <laughs> Yup. Fun fact. I actually, um, ever since Olivia was like a little, little baby, like newborn baby. Um, every time I would take her out of the bathtub, I would pick her up and I go, shake it off, shake it off. And I'd like shake the water off. Um, okay. Uh, next matchup, Steve, did you freeze? Uh, yeah, I'm back. I, I thought you froze, but maybe it was me. And he's back, folks. <laughs> um, hopefully the recording caught everything that I just said, because Steve clearly didn't hear it. That's okay. That's why we do this live. I mean, nothing uh, you say is important, so we didn't miss a whole lot. <laughs> hey, you know what? I was talking about my, about my daughter, so that is rude and hurtful. Oh, well, I didn't hear it, so... Or maybe I did, and I just wasn't listening. <laughs> <laughs> She is important, damn it. <laughs> it's like when you like when you call somebody on the phone and you don't want to talk to them, you're like, yeah, I'm just going no, right. No, no, uh, <laughs> yeah, isn't there, a, isn't there a commercial about that with Gronk and Brady right now? With um anyways. 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 Uh <laughs> uh next matchup we have you probably haven't seen Okay. Uh we have the Exorcist versus uh child's play which is of course uh you know the chucky doll movies um what is your pick on this one now i have actually seen both of these but i haven't seen these for maybe 25 plus years um I don't remember the Chucky doll being as scary as what everybody said it was. I've never been somebody to be scared of dolls that murder because it's a doll. I would just punt that thing over my house. Um, when dolls get scary is like when they're in like a rocker by themselves and it's like in a creepy room, but it's more like it's more the 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 room in, in the, the scene that's creepy over the doll. So I never found Chucky that creepy i was like who is this little runt trying to murder me with like a knife like i will golf club you in the head before i'll let you murder me with a knife um the exercise was life. yeah i will end your life chucky doll you little ginger snap <laughs> uh sorry sorry for the slander there chris <laughs> um exorcist was actually kind of scary there's something about like that unknown power if it did exist there's nothing you can do about it or maybe there is something you can do about it but you really have to like 
investigate and dig deep. So uh, I'd have to go with Exorcist on this one. Yeah, I, I, I think that's probably the the right choice. Like Child's Play, I, I would kind of chalk up more of like the the comedy horror genre. Yeah. Because um, like 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 you said, like Chucky's not that scary. Like it, it's a toy doll. Right. Like, like sure, he sneaks up on you and he, he can, you know he can get you, um, and he makes real real mean faces um but like how's that he, no let, let's just a, stop for a sec how in the hell is a doll gonna sneak up on you it's a doll like if you were that worried about it put some like chicken mesh up or something like that and the, <laughs> the doll is dead like or just like i don't know lock your doors easy solution how about close the doors he's a doll how is he gonna climb up there like I think we just solved all horror movies. Man. Lock your doors, lock your doors, folks. And all of a sudden, Chucky's like yeah. harnessed up there, and you're like, "Come on, I can hear you!" Like you're banging against <laughs> the door trying to unlock it, dude. You're not that scary, and like your arms are like a T Rex size. Like, what? Yeah. How are you gonna get me? I can hear you dragging the knife across the ground because you can't even hold it up because your arms are so little. <laughs> you little baby arm, little, you little baby arm freak, you little T Rex ginger snap. Get out of here. <laughs> This is my strong <laughs> hand. And he's got a strong hand because your dog probably chewed half his hand off. <laughs> we just debunked Chucky forever. Everybody who loved Chucky as a kid is like, these guys are the worst. Like, I hate the yeah. Ball Hawks podcast. How dare you? Uh, I mean, whatever. Deal with it. We're not, we're not here for the people. We're here for Us. the people. Yeah. <laughs> Bunch of selfish. Uh, <laughs> next matchup, we have Halloween. Uh, Michael Myers and his creepy ass mask um, versus uh, probably one of my for sure favorites. Don't try and sway the opinion right now or anything. Uh, it, it, you know what? We're this approximately the same age. So it's going to be on, on your high on your list as well. Scream. Hmm. Um, I mean, part of me. Want, yeah. This is a don't just go against me to go against me. Like, I mean, you know what? I don't like you that much. So I'm going to pick Halloween. Um, I never watched. I, I want to say I watched Scream once, maybe a couple times. I know it came out like, what was it like mid late 90s or something like that? I think the first one came out in like 99, I want to say. Hmm. I just remember that movie more for like the spoofs that came after it like the mm. the comedies after so it, it made it less funny um there is something kind of super eerie about like the stalking thing um you know that pursuit the one thing i am gonna pick halloween on this one mainly because i hate you but also because it's the right choice <laughs> um <laughs> the one thing i did hate about halloween is like Every bad decision these kids could make, they made. They're like, oh, you know how we can get away from this guy? Let's run into the House of Knives. That'll be such a good solution for us. Like, hey, there's an abandoned barn in the middle of nowhere with, like, chainsaws and hooks hanging around. Like, what could happen? Like, what are you thinking? Go to the cops. Like, go somewhere else. But I'm still picking Halloween. Again, I think you and I are solving every horror movie right now. <laughs> Close your doors, lock that bitch, and also <laughs> stop running into like empty barns with like hooks and daggers and chainsaws. 
with no cell service. Hey, Stop look, it. A, a bad decision. I better go over there. Hey, you know what? Just be smarter, you big dumb. <laughs> you big dumb dumbs. And also, I just IMDb'd it. Scream came out in 1996. Wow. And I feel like I was way too young when I watched that for the first time now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Pro- I, mean, I mean, now that I have kids, probably a little too young, but yeah. Uh, you know, like, so I, I our, our generation, when that Chris, came out. We, we were built different. Yeah, I we mean, were built different. I, I did have an older brother, so that that probably changed things a lot. It, right. It's like we we were talking about it at uh, Carter's birthday today. We were like asking one of the one of the other dads. We're like, oh, like can your son have you know like a like a juice box? Like we've got orange juice. Can is is he okay with that? And it, it, the dad was like, honestly, he never gets juice, so he doesn't care what flavor it is. Like for him, that's a delicacy, and he's just just excited to have it no matter what. Just and it's just juice. like, yep, that's the oldest kid. Where it's just like, on our end, because Carter's our youngest, this is like, I, I don't think Olivia had juice till she was like probably, I don't know, four. But then Carter's had juice when he was like two. Because yeah. it's like, well, we're giving it to your older sister. We can't be like, here, Olivia, enjoy <laughs> this juice. Here, Carter, enjoy this water. Suck it, nerd. Like, <laughs> <laughs> too, too young right now. Too young. The, the younger siblings always get the benefits of that. Always mm-hmm. reap the benefits of that. Yeah, so I definitely reaped the benefits of watching scarier, scary movies long before I was probably, probably than I should have. Yeah. Um, last matchup here, I'll probably call it the heavyweight fight of the night. I'm sure you saw it coming Friday the 13th. So Jason versus Freddy and Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah, I, I kind of assume I was waiting for those two uh, to show up. These, these are another two that I just I'm, I'm not. First of all, I'm not a big scary movie fan um, in terms of like the pure horrors. I like scary movies that are creepy, like the creepier it is, uh, the more I can kind of get behind it. Um, yeah, I, I'm going to go with the. Uh, Hmm. You're you're right. This is a heavy. This is this is a tough one because these are like the icons, right? Totally. Um, I'm gonna go with the Freddy fingers, just okay. for just for the pure iconicness of you put some blades on your hand and you're either two people, right? You're either gonna be Wolverine or or you're not gonna be Wolverine. So um, I was gonna say Edward Scissorhands. So maybe three people. Oh yeah, I guess so. Maybe. Yeah. Don't know if I've seen that before. No, no. I don't know why I'm surprised. You've never oh seen a gosh. movie in your life. Yeah. Except <laughs> I've seen all of the ones you just post or that you just threw at me. But uh, I, I agree. Like the the old time, like you know, Stabathon uh, <laughs> horror movies are, are. I view them as you know more funny now than probably what somebody did back right. in the 70s and 80s when they first started coming out i'm sure they were like super scary because they were like they were ahead of their time when they came out right yeah like now like for like scary movies it's like like you know the 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 saw franchise or like something like that that like kind of like realistic thriller type yeah yeah uh homicide like makes you think and makes you wonder like not not these like you know, like Jason and Freddie and, and Michael Myers, they, they kind of have this like superhero, like extraterrestrial type, like 
stamina to them where like you can't kill them yeah uh, and t- so for that it's just like kind of like eh, like yeah. it, they're fun to watch but they're fun to watch because they're not realistic right like it's just like oh it's halloween let's watch these movies and yeah sort of things so all right let's uh let, let's recap your picks here so we have nightmare on elm street we have halloween hocus pocus and the exorcist steve MVP, who is it? Okay, so I, I said to be a good scary movie, uh, it's got to actually scare you, and I, I think that's the that's the maybe neat thing about scary movies is that maybe to someone else that kind of like superhero like duh, 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 stabbing kind of thing is what's scary to them. Uh, to me, that's not really scary. I'd rather someone come at me with a knife. Um, <laughs> Well, like if I had to pick between that or, you know, this like unknown kind of demon presence, not a Chucky hand. Right. So um, I wanted to go Hocus Pocus, but I'm going to actually I'm going to throw a curveball here and go The Exorcist. Okay, just because it's so it's so unknown, like. I feel like a lot of the other ones are unbelievable. Like this, this dude that can just keep coming back. I think I saw like on a preview or something like that. There's another Halloween movie coming back and there's like came out in theaters uh, two nights ago. Okay. So there's like all these people coming back to try and get him. And it's like, how's this dude not dead yet? How have we not, how have we not called the police and put like a manhunt on him? But like something like the exorcist where another, a metaphysical presence is taking over you. Like that's a little creepy. It's a little like odd and unsettling because you, you just don't know, like you don't know what the metaphysical world really is. So, yeah. And you hear about like, I guess like, you know, real life scenarios where where those things happen, um, which, you know, how believable, believable those scenarios are or not. I don't know. Maybe we'll have to bring, Andrew in from uh, the oh, ATT yeah, pod to, to, to answer those questions. Um, yeah, I mean, especially like the first time you watch The Exorcist, you're like, yeah, this is a little weird. Like, I'm a little uncomfortable right now, right? Like, Yeah. So. Yeah, I th- yeah that's, uh, that's actually a really good word for scary movies for me. I want to be a little uncomfortable. Yeah. And, and not like the you know, something is just going to pop out of nowhere and like, boo. And you're like, whoa, like that was so scary. <laughs> like, no, that's, that's like jumpy. That's not scary. That's just like, you're shocking. Like when your kids try to hide from you and be like, ha dad, I scared you. Oh man. It's my favorite thing. My kids are my so, kid- now my kids won't even do it because they'll be like, where's dad, mom. <laughs> and I'm like hiding in like <laughs> a random closet or something like that. And she's like, I don't know. Go look for them. No, you come with me. <laughs> My favorite is like, I'll, I'll get home from work and I'll open the garage. I'll come through the house. And like, as I'm opening the door to come into the house, I like hear the little uh, oh, footsteps, like run to the door to open the door to like say hi, dad, or like to try to scare me or whatever. And so like, now I just hide behind that door and I just wait till they open. I go, as soon as they open, I go, boo. And they like literally like fall back on their butts. Yeah. So it's, uh, it, it's great. Yeah. Yesterday, Carter, I was like standing, I think in the laundry room. You have to walk through the laundry room to get in my house. And Carter goes, come in the house, dad. (laughs) 
come find us. Yeah, come here, Dad. That's so funny. So, like, I walk in the house. I, you know, couple throw a couple things in the fridge or whatever, and then he, all, of a sudden, all of a sudden, I say, Carter comes out of the bathroom and he goes, "Boo!" And That's so like, funny. "Oh, you got me!" Whoa, I was so, so scared. Uh, here, yeah. here's a pro tip for all the parents out there. Um, technology can be a great tool in our lives. And that includes scaring the living bejesus out of our children. So go find yourself like a really, really good hiding spot where you've never hid before. Maybe it's like a laundry basket that you've never hid in. Maybe it's, uh, you know, you've made like this secret nook or something like find a really good spot. Bring your cell phone, text your partner or someone who's in the house with you to be like, hey, go tell the kids to go get like a jacket or something like that. And they'll just never know. Cause it, you know, if you're right, like if your kids are just sort of expecting and you're playing hide and seek there, there's they're they're expecting, you can still scare them pretty badly. Um, but yeah, if you, uh, if you go next level and you, uh, you bring your phone in and let, let your partner know your whereabouts and they can set your kids up. That's a team effort scare. And it is the, best thing on earth like you'll hear you'll hear sounds out of your kids you've never heard before um it's good for their their character too so do you want me to send that number for the counselor to you now or later <laughs> yeah. uh, <laughs> it'll make them tougher right <laughs> my kids are going to be built differently anyways um you didn't get the first down this week because you said you hate me and you didn't pick scream so second, oh. no, um fourth and 25 <laughs> Fourth and goal from the 86 yard line. Here we go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think you took a sack on that one, Steve. Yeah. All right. Let's move on to mailbag then. All right. If we have to. Um, two people put in questions for us. Uh, first one from our buddy Liam on Instagram. I think that's where that screenshot was from since I don't mm-hmm. have Instagram and uh, Chris sends me those. His first question, uh, I'll give this one to you because he's in your division now. What do we expect from Ertz, uh, Zach Ertz, going forward? I, I, I said it earlier in the podcast, the, the rich get richer. Um, he's going into an offense that is absolutely clicking right now. Um, so I think we expect... It's hard for me to say we expect great things. Like you never know when a guy's being injected into an offense, how that's going to look, especially when um, Kyler Murray already has AJ Green, DeAndre Hopkins, uh, Christian Kirk, James Connor, Chase Edmonds. Like he's got a lot of weapons at his at his disposal at his disposal already. Um, but I think it makes the Cardinals better. I don't know if it necessarily helps uh, Zach Ertz from a individual uh standpoint especially when it comes to like fantasy football and stuff like that Hmm. yeah i was gonna say i'm not sure if that was a fantasy football question or not um they had max williams there that um on our our tuesday fantasy cast show i said was starting to look pretty good so that that, that's a tough one for me as well Uh, i i hope he does well but i know you hope he doesn't do well uh, second question from Liam: Is there any hope for Miles Sanders to do anything this year? And uh, I will reiterate what most smart fantasy football. I, I I feel like this is another fantasy football question because I don't think he actually cares about Miles Sanders. Yeah. Um, any smart fantasy football owner knows two things: 
don't trust the Patriots and don't trust the Eagles. Well, Miles Sanders plays for the Eagles. I wouldn't trust him. I don't trust anybody on the Eagles. And I even traded for somebody on the Eagles, uh, which makes this question even more brutal to answer. So you, you still hold on to Miles Sanders. Yes. Um, you hold on to him because running backs are hard to get and starters are hard to get. But um, what he's going to do for you, I think he's not really even in the question of like RB2. He's more of like an RB3 slash flex kind of guy at this point. If you're lucky, um, if you're yeah, right, if you're lucky, but I do think he could regain some of that value. That's why you hold on to Miles Sanders. Um, this is a weird question. There's always one weird question from Liam and from our next person as well. Why does everyone love the Kraken jerseys so much when they are such a wasted opportunity for a cool jersey with that team name? Like Lamar on the goal line, they drop the ball. <laughs> Classic Liam throwing dumb comments out when, yeah, he's just dumb. Don't you, don't you remember the last time Bengals fans were chirping Lamar? What happened to them? They got put on a highlight reel is what happened to them. They tried tackling him. He spun around him and the announcer said, he's Houdini. And it's heard around the world everywhere. So, um, like Lamar and the Ravens, uh, the Kraken jersey is actually a bit of a an MVP for me. I like it. Yeah. I, and this is, I was so against the logo when it first came out. I was like, eh, I think it's kind of stupid. But now that they actually have jerseys, uh, they've got the gloves, the the pants, the socks, the helmets. I really like that color combo, and I, I think they did a really great job of it, actually. I think just the simplicity of it. Yeah. Um, I would say they hit it out of the park, which I actually said about Liam's uh, Bengals jerseys when they redesigned them. Simplicity wins, and yeah. the Kraken, in my opinion, nailed it. And we're a football show, but we still love jerseys. Uh, hey, so ask us anything, right? I love it. Ask, ask us anything. That's right. We're, we're sports fans. Um, uh, hashtag sports. Hashtag sports. Sport ball. My daughter came back like she's in kindergarten now and she's like, dad, can we do at crisscross applesauce? And I was like, that's not crisscross applesauce. That's hashtag. <laughs> she had no clue what I was talking about. Um, yeah. Random fact of the day right there. Since Damn Chris kids. Chris uh, has been slacking on his random facts today. Hey, I gave you at least one fan fact, fun fact today. Fan fact. All right. I wish okay. we had fan facts. Hey, fans, give I us have, some facts so we I can share them fan on air. Fact here. Yeah. Um, our next question f- came from our weird friend Ryan Hank. So two questions, two weird friends. I'm not sure which one is first. Oh, this one is. Um, I just can't get my head around the Seahawks this year. I feel like they should be really bad, but then they make it interesting. And when they're good, they screw it up. What should I believe? And of course, he sent this in before the game. So that's kind of ironic. Um, I guess I'll just let you answer that one. All I'm going to say, Ryan, is believe. <laughs> you got to be a believer. <laughs> just just, just believe. Ted Lasso says believe. 
All right. And, what should I believe? I, Ryan, the answer I, is just believe. I, I just realized why you said that I've been slacking on the fun facts. That's when uh, we were having internet issues. You missed my fun fact of the week. Oh, what was it? Let, let, let's recap. Oh, you'll have to go back and listen. Well, if was, we had internet issues, I won't actually hear it. <laughs> I, it was... It was uh, we, we, it was right after I sang Taylor Swift. Oh, the, okay. The shake it off, shake it off. Yeah. So uh, my, my my fun fact of the week to repeat myself. I mean, because of course everyone loves my fun facts anyway. So I'm I'm okay with repeating You're, myself. Oh, right, um, no. <laughs> but <laughs> God damn it, Steve! <laughs> I couldn't help myself there. <laughs> so ever since Olivia was like a newborn baby, which like I, okay, maybe a little bit older than a newborn baby. Ever since Olivia had like neck strength. When I would take her out of the bath, I would pick her up out of the bath and I'd go shake it off, shake it off. And I would like shake the water off of her um, before sticking her in her towel. And I still do that like to this day at like almost seven when I take her out of the shower. And I'm like, shake it off, shake it off. It's getting a lot harder now, but uh, she's going to love that story on wedding day. Oh she my will. goodness, is she gonna love that on wedding day? I'm gonna I'm gonna play that song on her wedding day. <laughs> I'm gonna pick her up and I'm gonna go shake it off. Spray her with like a off. fire hose on her wedding day and be like, remember, it's so cute. Daddy's here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Remember that time that you loved me? Oh my god, I hate your new husband. Remember when I was your number one number one man? <laughs> and then she says something really hurtful, like, you never were. Get out of here. Oh god damn it, Steve. <laughs> Hey, I gotta, I, I, I gotta go, guys. Statistically, go. you're gonna have to deal with that before I am. So, it's, uh, <laughs> yeah. hey, you um, never know. Last question from Ryan: uh, Palomalu traded a terrible towel for a Seahawks jersey. Chris, same position. Do you do it? So I'm guessing he's saying you've got the Seahawks jersey. Or are you trading that for a terrible towel? I'm assuming he, he's meaning Troy Palomalu is in his prime and becomes a Seattle Seahawk instead of a Pittsburgh Steeler it is my assumption. Um, I don't think that's what it's like at all. I don't, I don't I think don't, that's the question at all. I, I have no, I, Ryan. Okay. You know what? I'm, I'm going to take a, a, a pass on this question. Ryan, you need to clarify yourself. Okay. Let, let's, let's answer it. Let's answer it. Um, if you have a Seahawks Jersey, and you could trade it for the iconic, terrible towel. Hell no. Okay, good. God no. And Ryan, if you, if your question was different, again, clarify what you, what your question was because clearly we we don't understand it. Ryan and I were playing baseball this weekend, and I looked at him and I was like, the one thing I really love about you the most is at least 60% of the time, I have no clue what you're talking about. <laughs> and he just smiled and he just, yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, um, yeah. So anybody that knows Ryan knows, yeah, at least, at, I'm being generous by saying 60% of the stuff that comes out of that guy's mouth or that he writes down. I don't even know if he knows what he's talking about. Uh, yeah, let, the rest of us have zero clue, but we we go along with it. We're like, okay, yeah, terrible tell for a jersey. Like, are you out of your mind? With, with Ryan, sixty percent of the time, it doesn't work every time. Ooh, <laughs> and uh, poor Christine one, Hank. What <laughs> one last one for you here, Steve? Oh. It's, it's not a. It's, it's not a, actually a, a, a question. 
It's more so a comment from our friend Christian at oh, Holy Cola on Twitter. <laughs> That'd be good. He said, "Tell Steve his team sucks, and we'll see him in the playoffs." <laughs> Smiley face emoji. <laughs> what? He didn't end it with love, Christian. He didn't. Ouch. Well, yeah. you know what, Christian? Fuck you. <laughs> At least, I, I, at least end it with love, Christian. Like you, you end everything with that. So, uh, I, th- I think he saves the love, Christian, for me. Oh, okay. I, I guess I'm just smiley face emoji. Cool. You're just yeah. You're just you're just the random. You're just like the random side piece. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Smiley face. A side piece. <laughs> well, you know what, Christian? <laughs> Statistically, your team sucks more than my team. <laughs> even if you win tomorrow you still suck more than my team so um suck all, all, all i will say to this as much as i like christian taking the piss out of steve christian your team lost to the jets <laughs> oh <laughs> rip bud as the kids like to say rip rip okay chris um that hour and a half marker sneaks up on us super, super quick. Um, fun episode. Unfortunately, only one of us got to win this week. Uh, that's football. That's life. That's how it goes. But I will keep tradition alive and leave you with the last words of the episode. All I'll say is it's the way she goes, bud. It's the way she um, goes. I, I was coming downstairs. My wife's like, don't get too fired up today. I'm like, honestly, like, I'm not even that upset. Like the Seahawks played a good game. They were in the game right to the end. They is a hard fat, fought battle. It's nothing to be upset about. Right. So anyways, it, like I said, nothing to be upset about your team won. My team didn't whatever. I don't care. I'm going to wake up tomorrow and go to work. That's <laughs> the, that's the crappiest part of my week. Not my, not my <laughs> team winning. Uh, <laughs> happy to be here for a, another episode of the ball Hawks podcast. Um, Please, guys, go subscribe to the podcast, uh, listen to the podcast, rate, review, give us five stars. Uh, wherever you listen to your podcast, we are available there. So be sure to hit that uh, subscribe button. We are, of course, uh, proud to be part of the Dean Blundell Network. You guys can find me over on Twitter at PhillipsChris12. Don't forget Steve at SSFisher87. And the podcast account at ballhawks underscore pod. And as always, guys, go Hawks. Peace. Hi, I'm Mercedes Nickel, four-time Winter Olympian and host of Dropping In, a podcast with Mercedes. This is a podcast where I interview a bunch of different people. I get the good, the bad, and the ugly, as well as I share my stories along the way. Now you can drop in at droppingin.com or subscribe on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube. I'll see you soon. Hi, I'm Logan Anderson, host of the Say the Damn Score podcast. On my show, I deep dive into the sports broadcasting business by, you guessed it, talking to sportscasters. The show has featured big names like Bob Costas, Kenny Albert, and Vern Lundquist, as well as many up-and-coming broadcasters who you may not know yet, but you will know soon. Whether you're looking for professional development as a sportscaster, different career paths, or if you just want to be entertained by hearing some of the best storytellers in the world tell their own stories, this podcast is for you. You can subscribe to the podcast on all major podcast platforms, or you can visit our website, saythedamnscore.com.